Section 10 of the Letters of a Portuguese Nun by Mariano Coforado, translated by Edgar Prestage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 10. From a Nun to a Cavalier. Letter 5. I hope, by the different air of this, you'll find that as I've changed my style, I've changed my mind. The substance of these lines will let you know that you're to take them from my last adieu, for since your love is past redemption gone, I've no pretense to justify my own. All that I have of yours shall be conveyed to you, without so much as mention made of your loathed name. The packet shall not bear those letters which I now detest to hear. In Dona Breaches I can well confide, and whom, you know, I've other ways employed. Your pictures she will, and all that's yours, remove, those once endearing pledges of your love. A thousand times I've had a strong desire to tear and throw them in the flaming fire. But I'm a fool too easy in my pain, in such a generous rage can't entertain. Would but the story of my cares create the like to you, methinks, twould mine abate. Your trifles, I must own, went near my heart. With them I found it difficult to part. To what was yours I bore such mortal love, though you yourself did quite indifferent prove. They've cost me many a sigh and many a tear, and more distraction than you e'er shall hear. My friend, I say, now keeps them in her power, and I am never to behold them more. She them will secretly to you convey, without my knowledge hasten them away, though for a sight I on my knees should lie, the more I pray, she must the more deny. Ne'er had I known the fury of my flame, had I not tried my passion to reclaim. Nay, to attempt a cure I'd ne'er begun, could I foreseen the hazards I must run. For sure I am, I could, with greater ease, support your scorn, as rigorous as it is, rather than to retain the dreadful thought that absence must for ever be my lot. I should be happy if I could be proud, and with the nature of our sex endowed, could I despise you and your actions scorn, and be revenged for all the ills I've borne. Fool as I am, to let my hopes rely on one who strives to increase my misery. You talk of truth and sincerity. They both are what you never show to me. To tell you what I've borne, Tis now too late, for the most obliged, and yet the most and great, let it suffice I all your falsehood know, and all I ask for what I've done for you, is, write no more, but some invention find, to tear your image from my tortured mind. I too must now forbear to write to you, lest a relapse should by that means ensue, and the event of this I've no desire to know. Methinks you should enough contented be with dills you have already brought on me. Sure now you need no more molest my ease or shake the structure of my future peace. Do you but leave me in uncertainty? I hope in time I shall at quiet be. Tis not impossible, but I may find a love as true as you have been unkind. But what will love that any man shall show afford to me without I love him too? I should his amorous passion more incline to move my heart than yours was moved by mine. 
and I perceive by what I now endure that the first wounds of love admits no cure. All sorts of remedies then prove in vain. We're never recovered to ourselves again. So fixed and so immutable is fate, we're doomed to love, though we are repaid with hate. I'm sure I could not so hard-hearted be to treat another as you've treated me. Provided you was to another changed, of you I could not that way take revenge. I'd fain persuade myself a nun should never confine the passions of a cavalier. But if a man would by his reason move, a mistress in a convent is most fit for love. Those in the world do all their thoughts employ, on balls, on visits, and their finery, increase their husbands' jealousies and cares, whilst those who favour us have no such fears. Alas, we have nothing here to change desire, but by reflection daily fend the fire. I would not have you think that I maintain these arguments in hopes I may regain your love. Too well I know my destiny. I always was, and still must, wretched be. When you was here, I did no rest enjoy, present for fear of infidelity, when distance, absence did my ease destroy. I always trembled while you was with me, lest you should be found and come to injury, while in the field both lives in danger were. Fear of my parents did increase my care, so that, tis plain, even at the best, my mind was as disturbed as I at present find. Since you left me, had you but one seemed kind, I should have followed and not been confined. Alas, what would have then become of me to have brought a scandal on my family, to have lost my parents and my honour too, and after all to be despised by you? What thoughts soever you of me retain, I reconjure you never to write again. Methinks you should sometimes reflect upon the base and generous injuries you've done. No woman sure did e'er so easy prove. What did you ever do to gain my love? You was the first that to the army went, to stay the longest there, the best content. Did you more careful of your person grow, although upon my knees I begged you would do so? Did you ever strive to fix in Portugal? a place where you was well beloved of all? Your brother's letter hurried you away. On the receipt of it you'd not a moment stay, and I'm informed you ne'er was pleased more than when on board a making from our shore. You can't deny, but you deserve my hate, and I may thank myself for all my fate. I was too free, and gave my heart too soon, and brought upon myself the ills I've undergone. Alas! From love alone love ne'er will rise, it must be raised by skill and artifice. Your first design was to ensnare my love, and nothing would have spared that might successful prove. Nay, I believe, if it had needful been, rather than fail, you would have loved again. But you found easier ways to work upon, and thought it best to let the love alone. Perfidious man, which way can you atone? For the base and treacherous affronts you've done. The blinding passion now is vanquished quite, That kept the foulness of them from my sight. Must my tormented soul never have ease? When shall I be, thou cruel man, at peace? 
within a while you yet perhaps may hear or have a letter from your injured fair to let you know that she is at repose freed of the torments that from you arose oh what a pleasure it will be to me without concern to accuse you of your treachery and have forgotten the racking pains of born and able am to talk of you with scorn you had the better it is plainly proved because i you have out of reason loved but by the conquest you small honour won for i was young and easily undone i whilst a child was cloistered knew no hurt discoursed with none but of the vulgar sort and what belonged to flattery never knew till i unhappily was taught by you you the good character of every one which you made use of to entice me on my indignation and your falsehood too makes me at present much disordered grow but i assure you i will shortly find some means or other for to ease my mind perhaps may take away to quit my care which when tis acted you'll be pleased to hear fool as i am to say this o'er and o'er the same that i've so often said before of you a thought i must not entertain and fancy too i ne'er shall write again for what occasions there that i to you should be accountable for all i do end of the fifth letter end of the letters of a portuguese nun by mariana alcoforado translated by edgar prestige